0: Is in a Metallica mood, the struggle within, the struggle to score goals. That's the new Metallica song. Um, Bill Meltzer, commend NHL.com, PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, HockeyBuzz.com. Going to join us in just a moment. We've got a ton to talk about. And we're actually going to talk about Alex DeBrinkit and Johnny Cudreau. We're going to revisit that topic. Plus, we'll talk about the team, what they've done of late, win last night against the New Jersey Devils. Hockey makes zero sense. They outshoot the Devils thirty-three to eighteen in their last uh, game. They lose three to two. They get outshot last night forty-nine to twenty-four. They win two to one. That's hockey in a nutshell. Uh, let me tell you about Bet Parks, fantastic casino and sportsbook app, and it's right in the palm of your hand. Simple to use, easy to navigate. You do not need to be a savant with the phone to figure it out or online. Take it from me, this Bet Parks app is everything you've been looking for in a mobile casino and sportsbook. And like I said, it's right in your pocket. It travels with you. Easy to sign up, easy to deposit, easy payouts, faster to win than ever before. You got to check it out. World Cup final, you got Argentina and France. I think France is a slight fave. You can get in on that action plus some live in-game action. Uh, obviously, hockey. You've got college pro and or college hoops and pro hoops. You got football. Still tons to bet on. So get the Bet Parks app. And right now, all BetParks users can use the promo code Jason750. That'll get your risk-free bet up to $750. New and existing users, Jason750. Terms and conditions do apply. So download the BetParks app today. You do need to be over 21. President of Pennsylvania or New Jersey. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Today's kind of a momentous day, speaking of uh, Conquerville Subaru, because my son, Evan Xavier Mertidis, today is his 16th birthday. If you recall from when I was back on the radio with Mikey Miss Mike, on the Mike Missinelli show, the first time I had the commercial, it said, I bought my first car at Conquerville, and my son's going to buy his there, too. And Mike chimes in and says, your kid is eight. Not eight anymore. I shot Mikey Miss a text this morning. He is 16 today. So we got to get down to Conquerville Subaru and check out the great certified pre-owned inventory, list of incoming Subaru vehicles, Get in on the Share the Love event, which goes on until January 3rd where Subaru will donate $250 for every new car sold to one of five charities, your choice, ASPCA, Make-A-Wish, Meals on Wheels, Nations Parks, and Conquerville Subaru's hometown charity, Namor's Children's Hospital of Delaware. December, great time to visit the beautiful showroom of Route 202 in Glen Mills. And uh, check it out. Headed there for the holiday break. Check out that certified pre-owned inventory and a list of incoming Subaru vehicles. And it's more than a dealership. Great service department car wash with every visit. Visit Subaru.com and check out the showroom of Route 202 in Glenn Mills. And remember, Concordville cares. Let's get to him right now. You know who he is. NHL.com, PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, HockeyBuzz.com. It's Bill Meltzer. Billy, how are you?
1: I, I'm doing well. I'm still marveling at, uh, you know, I've seen many great goaltending performances over the years. You know, but you have, there, there's, you know, it, it's tiered. There's, there's a stratosphere of it. And last night was a plus plus. Not just not just the number of shots that Carter Hart saw, but the difficulty, the breakaways, two on ones, point blank shots, deflections. The way he was tracking the puck was phenomenal on a whole other level. And considering that he he didn't have his best game the last time out, that that was a statement game from him, mm-hmm. and it just shows that you know of, of as we've talked about who you know who are just the pieces you know are part of the solution. That was that was case in point, yeah. Exhibit A.
0: As the White Carter Hart is one of those guys, so that was that was pretty cool to see. Yeah, he grabbed that Sharpie marker and that for the list of guys that says, "Are you part of it going forward here?" And he put a huge check mark next to his name again last night. I and mean, he, I think he's got ten of his twenty three starts where he has over a nine forty in game yeah. save percentage, which is a stunning number. But like Bill, that performance last night. You know, you mentioned there's tiers of great goalie performances and all the odd man rushes, breakaways, uh, fighting through traffic, all of that. Even the goal that was scored was a beautiful one from Jack Hughes uh, to open the scoring in the game. But that reminded me of Yarrow Halak in 2010 against the Caps. That's where that's the level that yeah. goaltending performance was on.
1: Yeah, for sure. And or. Uh... Or Michael Neuvirth against the Caps. Yeah. That that wing that winged fly absolutely stole in that playoff series. That last night's game from Hart reminded me of that. Where just after after the early Hughes goal, no one was beating him. I, I, you know, you just you just knew you just knew no matter how difficult the save was, he was going to come up with it. And uh, you know that's uh, that that's pretty amazing, especially given oh as last night as with most games that the uh, the Flyers have no margin for error pretty much any night. And, you know, it, it's, it's kind of amazing. I was looking at some numbers today for the Friday 4-Check column for the uh, Flyers' website, and last night was the 12th game out of the 31 they played, but they've entered the third period tied. Not only the second one they've won, but 12, 12 games have been tied going into the third period, and uh, they've also had eight games where they've led going into the third period, which they've won seven. So that, that's 20 out of the 31 games.
0: They'd have been up for grabs going into the third period, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. And, you know, it's amazing that speaks to great goaltending because they're right at the bottom of the NHL when it comes to goal four. So the exactly. goaltending is keeping them in it. Um, you, you know, even though they gave up 49 shots last night, way too many odd man rushes, I think the thing that just impresses me the most is that Carter also knows, Bill, that his team, you know, we talk about the NHL. I always say it's a race to four race to four goals for the Flyers. It's a race to three that they don't often get to the finish line. And knowing that through a game that, you know, against a team like New Jersey, that's stingy as well. And knowing that you just, after that first goal, you really can't give up anything else or you're not going to have a chance to check a win. It's just not going to happen. That's a huge amount of pressure on him. And he seems to be dealing with that part of the equation masterfully.
1: Oh, absolutely. His, his, his focus level, that's been that's been a definite area where you've seen him grow a lot. Um, even, you know, even last year, even even in in uh, the the bubble season, there were still times where he'd get beaten early in the game or whatever, and uh, you know, before you knew that another one was by him, whether his fault or not. And that I mean, he's just uh he's just he gets refocused immediately. even in some games that haven't gone his way this year. Mm-hmm. You know, it, he he just uh, he, he just reels it back in and, and gets reset. And that that mentality takes time to develop. Um, once a goalie develops it, that that's when he's really hitting his prime. And that, that's been to be the biggest thing here, because he's still still a young goalie chronologically. Right. Yeah. He, but 24. he he's,
0: he's hitting his prime right now. And it's yeah. uh, it, it's great to see. Well, Bill, the one thing that people say he's hitting his prime right now, trade him because you can get a ton for him and the Flyers are four to six years away from competing anyway because of a rebuild. Um, I don't subscribe to that. I think a goalie prime is basically 27 to 31, 27 to 32. Most guys at his age aren't even in the league yet, and if they are, they're just scratching the surface. I mean, Jonathan Quick wasn't in the league. I mean, won two cups. I thought he was the best goalie on the planet for a a three-year period. You know, a lot of guys are like that. Um, To me, I'm not trading him. I can never – gauge where my team is in a in a process of rebuilding without goaltending no, sure.
1: no you you absolutely can and, and while while nobody is untouchable completely i mean there you know uh you know there there are fantasy trades you can make up here oh sure yeah i would start trade carter hard connor McDavid was coming this way but you know i mean those things are, are just not going to happen but you you look at um you know you look at the the team And where it is and what you're trying to build. I mean, when traditionally, when you're trying to build a team from scratch, very often you start from the net out. Right. And as such, you know, when you have a piece like that, you, you hang, you hang on to him. And yes, the flyers have depth and goal. Well, maybe, uh, you know, maybe you can trade from some of that depth and goal as, as as you you move ahead. I mean, Urson is a good prospect and call looks like he's going to be a good prospect, but, uh, you know, there's there's a development process to get there, and I I really I'm really not a believer in you get better by getting a lot worse. Yeah. You know, I th- I think you have to have you, know, you have to have pieces you build around even even before you you add pieces through through a draft or or through trades bringing in you know young players in in, in some deals. I think that yeah you, you have to have some pieces you know okay th- this is part of what we're building with. And and Hart is absolutely one of those pieces. So so I I don't I don't subscribe either to you to you trade him now or you know you you listen sure, but uh, I I can't imagine I can't imagine a trade that would make sense on another side to where that might
0: be something you would do. Yeah, I agree. And you know when I look at Hart too, uh, you know I just see a guy that can be the cornerstone to me. The the franchise goaltender is equivalent to the franchise quarterback in football. If you don't have one you're looking for one. And you, you would think, you know, I see a lot of it on Twitter, trade them because you can get a ton for them. And I look at it and I go, flyer fans have amnesia because for so many years you had a good team, but you didn't, ha- you weren't strong enough yeah. in the crease. And that cost you not only, you know, maybe going another round in the playoffs, but it probably cost them a cup at some, at some point in the six times they've gone to a cup final since they won back-to-back cups.
1: No, good question. Twenty ten, if the Flyers had an elite goalie, mm-hmm. they they win that series. I mean, they played well.
0: Goalie. I mean, three shutouts against Montreal, but but still, it wasn't a high pedigree goalie.
1: No, and and he certainly and he certainly didn't play to that level in the final too. Exactly. You know, so that uh, that's really that's really where that separation happens sometimes. And now even even you go back to to ninety seven, the Flyers got swept in that series, but three of those four games were up for grabs, mm-hmm. and Mike Vernon just just outplayed both. Both uh, Hextall and Snow. Yeah, you know, and, and that uh, that that could be all the difference in a series. And that's uh, you know, if you if you have if you have a special goalie, an elite tier goalie, and Hart certainly has the ability to be that. You hang on to him,
0: and you, you build you build you build around him. And He's 24. Way. Yeah, let's not act like he's you know coming up to the end of his prime or something like that. He's not. Um, you know, the goal that he let in last night, I watched it a hundred times because. I mean, Hughes is magical right now. He's got, what, nine goals, I think, in his last 10 or 11 games. Yeah. He's been great. And you see the guy floats on the ice. Provorov gets too wide there and gives up the middle of the ice. I think he maybe thought he had some support there in the middle, and he did. But, you know, the fact that he walked through basically three guys reaching with their sticks and giving up the middle of the ice was something that I know Torts is going to show on video ad nauseum. Because a you can't you got to play inside the dots, especially on a PK on an entry. You'll give him wide. He's looking to attain the zone wide. But when you give him the middle, he's going to take it. And then he's got an option as he goes in. Guy right there, cocked and ready with the trigger position. If he wants to lay that puck off for a surefire goal, so Sanheim's got to kind of pull up a little bit. But Hughes, unbelievable, and the Provorov defense on it didn't look good, and it didn't look good for Provi. It 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 really didn't. Um, that was, that was something where, and I, I do think he had
1: support there. Yeah. I, he thought, he thought he had support. Uh, I mean, uh, Sedlak was one of the guys beaten there too. Mm-hmm. It was quick succession. It was Sedlak, Provorov, you know, and all, all of a sudden he's, he's scoring. Um, no, that, that was, yeah, there, there were other plays in that game. Uh, and Twitter after the game, rightfully so called out the neutral zone play. Mm-hmm. And there, there were times, there were times if you give up the neutral zone too easily, you're going to make your defenseman look bad because they have to back in at that point. and yeah. you know when you have a team with all the speed that jersey has if you're forced to back in you're in real trouble so yeah. it's uh you know so you look at the defenseman a little bit but it but it really really is about the team i mean why did they why did they limit jersey so much the last time they played them cuz they controlled the neutral zone jersey yeah. couldn't couldn't attack them with speed very often um you know, that, that, that's a game that, uh, you know, you, you play that game 10 more times unless your goalie just plays the way hard you're going to lose that game. Nine out of Everything, 10 times. So. Yeah.
0: The thing is, too, is, you know, when they transition and your neutral zone plays bad, they're back on top of you so quick, you almost don't have time to gain your structure and your spacing. And that, I think that was part of it because they were a little redundant there on the zone entry, too, but they just all yeah. misplayed it and were reaching. Um, the subplot last night, Bill, and, and it probably becomes a main story today, Um, was the fact that Kevin Hayes didn't play an entire third period for a second time this season. We're not even at the midway point. We're 31 games in. He's been benched for an entire period, 3 nothing loss against San Jose. He and Konechny were benched. Konechny picked up some of his minutes last night, and he didn't see the third period ice at all last night in a very tight game. And he's your highest point producer right now as well. Yeah. I I mean,
1: Torello has not made any bones about calling him out for the Two-way part. I I, I mean, listen. The, the Flyers. I thought one of the interesting sub stories from last night's game. And this was he pushed the right button. Pedro absolutely pushed the right button there. Uh, he he reversed the deployment of the of PP1 and PP2. But the start of the second period. Yeah. Actually, they were they were sending the unit with Lawton out there to start power plays, and they would finish power plays too. They, they you know they get about 25 seconds for what usually is PP1, of, of which uh, Hayes is an integral part. And he's not, he wasn't the only guy screwing up because they, boy, they just could not remotely get an entry. I don't care which side of the ice they tried. They looked but like they then, were
0: dancing to a different song. Every guy.
1: Yeah. Uh, it was—it was—it was, it, it was, it was just, it was horrid to watch. And then the little tap dancing routine that he had at the blue line where he finally got stripped and it, you know, goes away for another eye. And that was it. And that was, that was really the final straws to, to why he didn't see him again the, the rest of the night. He just, uh, he just had nothing going last night, so I'm sure. I'm sure, given another day's space, Tortorella will say, you know, is he in my doghouse? No, he's out of my doghouse. He, he's a key player for us. Um, but I was going with the
0: guys who who had it going a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and he's uh, I I had- his own no, worst no, enemy yeah. sometimes, Bill, because he knows he's got great puck protection ability. Yeah. And sometimes you go, this is my this is my thing, and you got to realize that. Even if you're really good at it, sometimes you got to just chip that thing deep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's what uh, I thought.
1: Lawton and Cates yeah. did that especially well in, in uh, last night's game. Every other line spent way too much time defending. Mm-hmm. They they actually they actually helped stabilize things. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't know how the underlying numbers ended up looking, just because Devils had so many shots and shot attempts. But uh, but I really thought that those, those were the guys who settled things down you know, as they had to. I mean, Konechny took a bad penalty um, in in the final minute of the game. Uh, and it was it was nice to see, actually, seeing Tippett and Frost out in the final minute of a one-goal game. Mm-hmm. Um, they look like guys who aren't comfortable defending a one-goal lead against us. You know, but, I mean, one thing Tortorelli indicate is he's going to keep sending them out there, keep giving them that chance and see if they learn to handle that situation, which is good. That's, that's what you want to see. But, uh, you know, uh, Twitter made the point that you need guys who help stabilize things who can, can change the momentum a little bit. And when you're, when you're making low percentage plays, panicky decisions, taking bad penalties and, and, you know, the power play goal that Hughes scored, it's with a lazy hooking penalty by Hayes.
0: Yeah. Not moving his feet.
1: And, uh, you know, that, that, that kind of thing will, will get you on the bench and Twitter has shown, I mean, he's, you know, Scratch D'Angelo. He he would be benched Hayes and Connecting this time he benched Hayes again. He he called out Farabee uh, just, just earlier in the day. Uh you know, certainly called out Frost a number of times. He doesn't care who you are. You know, if you don't play to his expectations, you're gonna hear about it and you won't play. And that's you're uh, take a seat. yeah, and uh, that's uh he's he's consistent with that. So it's up it's up to the players to adapt. Um, you know, I, I expect Hayes to see, to see his normal ice time. Against the Rangers, Flyers will need him to step up against his old club. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and go from there. But, uh, you know, but, yeah, it, it it's already happened twice, and you certainly don't want to see it a third time in the same season.
0: Yeah, I mean, and there's a lot of runway left. <laughs> there really is. Um, You know, the deployment of Noah Cates, Bill, I think is a really interesting thing, too, because this is, by NHL standard, a young player, doesn't have a ton of experience, uh, he comes out of the a four-year program in college, so he is way more mature. But, boy, is he getting handed some really mature yep. responsibility on the ice at very key times. And to me, he's answered the bell. He does never, never seems overwhelmed or like the puck's going to explode on him in key situations in a one-goal game or a tight situation. Really calm player, very detail-oriented, as we know. Uh, but John Tortorella is really putting him in a lot of positions. And while we're finding out all this – you know, data and, you know, who's who and what's what, we're finding out that this is a player that looks to me like a good fit as a long-term three C as uh, yeah, I was going to say we're more, more of a bottom six guy. Yep.
1: Uh, they're, they're determined in, in him being a center over time, he'll, he'll get better on face-offs. Um, you're, you know, in, in doing that deployment, you are going to sacrifice a little offense with him. And I think that's, that's shown so far this season. I mean, he actually, uh last year in in his his brief time with the team he actually had i think as many if not more points in that short span as he's had you know over 31 games 9 16 last year yeah. yeah yeah so if you know but if you but if you look at the the bigger picture and actually last night he had a little offense into it too he made mm-hmm. several good plays in the o zone um passed the puck pretty well actually assisted on, on both of the goals but the the second one he made a he made a really good play on, along the blue line that actually created the uh, the shorthand of break or, or create the breakaway opportunity rather for Konechny. So uh, he he does a lot. He he specializes in the little things. You know, he can he can help you without without contributing points. And incidentally, I thought in the third period last night, just talked about Tippett and Frost in the last minute. I thought those two guys, in, in, as the clock was getting was winding towards the latter part of the period. They, those two guys made a couple of pretty good defensive plays too. Yeah. That, 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 that rubs off. I mean, seeing a young guy like Kate seeing a, a peer doing that can rub off on teammates too. So, you know, obviously the, the Flyers have a long, long, long way to go and, and it's going to go beyond this year. Um, but, the, these, those are the little things that they're trying to establish when I talk about the standard of standard of play and those kind of things you know the playing playing more playing more the way the kate's plays. um yeah just just in terms of the attention to detail and, and in terms of the, the poise you know you don't uh you don't panic into making low percentage plays you just you just keep rolling and keep playing your game so
0: I, I feel like if it was 2013-14 or 14-15 with the roster that they had, if they had this identity that this team has devoid of talent with that team that had talent, that they would have been a team that would have been needed to be reckoned with. They really would have. Um, I think that, you know, they're resilient. They don't get down. They battle to the end even when they lose. They they seem unaffected in a way of, of losing heartbreak, overtime games and one goal games and they come out the next game and they spill it again. Do they have every period that's perfect? Hell no. Second period the other night was hideous. You know, there's, there's portions in the game that still look really ugly, but they have, are resilient, man. If you had that identity with that 14, 15 team, (laughs) right?
1: Yeah, No no, no doubt. No doubt. Um, You know, and, uh, the other thing I will say is that uh, while they while they don't have the really top end guys, they do have guys who have talent, guy, guys who have the upside to be contributors. Uh, you know, now if you look at the you look at the JVR Frost and Tippett line, um, you know, of course they of course they had that the four point game for JVR and Frost in Arizona, but I thought I thought the I thought the first period against Colorado they were really good. Yeah. It just you know and, and they were on the ice for the uh you know for the York goal now in the second period it was pretty ugly for that line and that's that, that's a little bit up and down but um you know but but it was in the uh even the Vegas game, they easily could have had a multi point game so so um you know i I think that 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 line seems to be coming along um you know you want to hopefully you can have multiple lines going at the same time yeah. but, so i think I think there are players with talent. Um, Farabee certainly has talent. You know, you, you want, you want to, you want to see consistency. And while, while none of those guys I mentioned are probably going to be your point per game guys in the NHL, the real top, top end guys, but it's not that they're devoid of talent or that they're entirely devoid of speed either. I, I think they have they have some elements, but, but they're more of, they're more of, I think, good supporting cast players and then your, than your lead role guys connect. He's the closest thing to the lead role guy. Um, and even even he you compare to the, to the real top end guys you know the dry citos of the league no he he's not at that level but but he's a good hockey player certainly and and is you know in in, in that next grouping down so there there is some talent there they just need they just need the the lead actors you know <laughs> above those guys and that's uh that's something that has to develop over time but uh you know i i i think that i when i think of a team that's devoid of talent I, I really go back to the 06, 07 team because they they had some guys that simply couldn't play, yeah. didn't belong in the NHL at all, and and then you had guys who were veterans who didn't even want to be there. Yeah, and that that that, that to me that to me felt it's funny how they turned that around in a year because that felt like a more hopeless situation than the current situation having having lived through both of them.
0: Yeah, I mean TK is an interesting one because you know it's the three twenty four goal seasons in a row. Leading up to the 1920 season, where he played 66 games and had 24 goals, and this became a little bit of a thing last night. A guy tweeted me, uh, Kevin Ferguson. He said, "This team needs top three picks. The next three years, TK will never be a 30 goal scorer." Of course, my wife's calling me, and sadly, by the time the Flyers are in contention, Hart will be past his prime. So, so many bad takes there. So, I replied yeah. to him, Bill, and I just said, "Score, TK scored the 24 goals in three straight seasons, and in 1920, 24 goals in 66 games when the pandemic hit." And that was a 30, 29.82 goal per 82 pace that season for him uh, this year. He's got 11 in 31 flyers games played, and he's only played in 25. So per 31, he's on pace for 31.74 goals. And per the, just the 25 on an 82 game pace would be 39 goals. So, I mean, he's a guy that is, is holding up his end of the bargain. That's, that's where he is. So, that's where, I mean, that's, that's the, I think the best you can hope for from Travis connecting. No, no
1: no question. And that's, uh, you know, and that, that, that's a very good hockey player. Um, I, I, I think he can be a 30 goal guy or at least at least a guy who consistently is in the upper twenties, you know, and, and uh, you know, is is that the, you know, is that, is that a elite top end guy? No, but, but it certainly is a, a productive player who plays in the upper end of, most teams lineups and, and guess what? If, if you, if you put an elite, truly elite center with him, then all of a sudden I think he is a 30 goal
0: guy. Yeah. And I think so is, too. So. Yeah. And I, I, a guy tweeted me, this guy, Robert, Well, he didn't like the fact that I used duty goes, you really don't get to count missed games in what might have happened. He said, i like TK Hardnose, one of our better offensive players becoming more responsible every year, but seriously, he missed games. He has 11 and 31, not 11 and 25. When he actually scores 30, then I'll be a 30-goal guy. So I applied to him. I said, I literally did the numbers of 11 in 31 games played. Did you not read the entire tweet? 11 in 31 games is 31.74. Come on, dude. He goes, don't dude me, jackass. I read it, and (laughs) respectfully, I said, you can't factor in games that he missed. So screw you, dude. Go talk to some crumb like not me. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. when I said, "Okay, maybe time to log off Twitter again." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, TK's been good. Uh, Bill Cam York here to stay.
1: He sure looks like it. Yeah, yeah. he sure looks like it. Uh, it's uh, and it, it's not just it's not just the way he's triggering the rush or, or the the goal that he scored uh, in Colorado, which is just really ch- showing off his agility and nice nice finish around the net as the, the puck went to him. And and by the way, I still can't believe there were no assists in that goal, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, but just just his just his poise, his play around his play around the net, his defensive stick, all those things, uh, all those things are are really falling in place for him. They've had him on the right side where he said he doesn't like to play, and he hasn't skipped a beat. So that, yeah. that you know, uh, I, he certainly looks like a guy who. And listen, you know. The, I could be regretting this in a few weeks if all of a sudden he goes into a slump and it's still a small sample size. But even with the Phantoms, after after being fine, not great early on, he's gotten better and better as the AHL season has gone along, and he's taken that the next, you know, to the next step so far since he's been called up. Um, he looks – if you compare to how Zamula looked before he was sent down um, versus how York has looked since he's been – been called up York looks like he's he belongs and Zamula, you're hoping he gets to the point where he where he belongs and that's that's really that's really where I think that the cam has has advanced I I think that uh there there were times even last year during his 30 games with the club last year he still looked really raw at times you know you you could you could see some polish that's starting to be part of this game on a more regular basis so uh, if I if I had to say sitting here today yeah, I would say he's, I'd say he's here
0: to stay. I think I think, he, I think he'll be up in the NHL to stay. I think the, the line that Coach used last night, he said he just uh, got a place in a spice factory. And Tim goes, a spice factory? And he said, yeah, he just needed a little salt and pepper, <laughs> a little spice. <laughs> um, and he had a great dangle at the blue line, too. Um, but one of the things that's kind of making the, the rounds right now is the TSN Craig Button list of the top 50 players under 24, NHL-affiliated players and prospects, They had to be 23 or younger as of the start of this season, October 11th. So that cuts Carter Hart out because he turned 24 on August 13th. But the Flyers don't have anybody on the list. And I know a lot of people are freaking out about that. But I will say this about, I mean, there's obvious guys like Camel Carr, Jason Robertson, Jack Hughes, Suzuki, Deline, top five. You know, there's a lot of great players on here. But the Flyers littered this list. Last year, in the last five years, <laughs> they were all over these kind of under twenty four lists. But you know, th- they are what they are. Look, would I like to have some of these players on this list? Absolutely. But I take these lists with a grain of salt.
1: Oh, oh, sure, sure. And and uh you know, you you look at the list a few years down the line, you're going to say, well, why wasn't so and so on the list, or or boy, you you know, you you overrated this guy and maybe maybe that guy you know maybe that guy has a knee injury and it takes him a long time to recover or shoulder surgery or something it changes over time you definitely you definitely wouldn't have guys on the list but uh you know if you, if you go back to the, those number of years and this this is when this is a little bit younger this is this is prospect age but if you look at the thn you know, the, the hockey news future watch issues um 2018 2019 2020 bars were at the top or, or the top five every year mm-hmm. and uh you know you're talking about guys that were a year out two years out in some cases three years out from the draft year and and then for whatever reason things happen guys stagnate guys fall backwards you know now when you're getting when you're getting into 23 24 years old that's when you want to see them make that move at the nhl level to to guys who are going to be impact guys but i don't i don't worry you know, I, I don't worry too much about those lists. I glance at them. Um, I, I don't get into too much debating about them. Um, actually, a couple of years ago, when when Ivan Provorov seemed to be that that just half step away from moving into the top echelon of defensemen, this was the uh, this is this is the COVID year for the bubble, and uh, he was left off of. I think it was the NHL Network's list. He said, "I don't play hockey to get on some list." Yeah and and that that was a great quote and and it's true don't, don't worry about the list just just uh just look at how the guy is playing and and you know hope hope he keeps progressing i don't uh you know i don't i don't i don't put too much stock in and and that's a total respect obviously to a guy like craig who who's been on who's been on this and he's a friend you know, of the show good friend really of the says. show and, and uh, I'm looking forward to talking to again before the draft. You know, yeah. he, he he he's such a good go-to guy for that stuff. So it, it's it's not so with any disrespect to Craig. It's just uh, just just the way I view it. You know, rating ratings or ratings are nice, but uh, really really it's all about it's all about the, the improvement of a improvement of a team. And yeah. you know, uh, until until the Flyers are in a better position to, to really compete, not just not just go into all these games tied in the third period, but actually. It's, be a team that can win those games. Yeah. Yeah. Then I'll worry about where you, where they rank against the teams that are contending. And at first they have a lot of work to do to even
0: to get in that ballpark. So. Yeah, I agree with you, and Craig. You know, I mean, we'll be getting him on again and you'll be joining us again. We always have a great conversation with Craig button uh, from TSN um, Bill, uh, I got some inquiries recently about Jay O'Brien. speaking of development, obviously Jay O'Brien was a, kind of a shock pick in that first round uh, from Ron Hextall. And uh, Chris Pryor. And, you know, we've seen him kind of bop around a little bit and try and find his path. And he's having a, he's got some okay numbers this year. But yeah. w- I mean, should we expect anything out of Jay O'Brien or do we write this one off and not worry about it moving forward? And is he even going to be a player that can play for a guy like Dortz? Well, you know, if you would have asked me this a year ago when it looked like he was surging.
1: I would say don't write him off yet. And in fairness to O'Brien, he's had a lot of injuries. And injuries will set, will set a kid back. I mean, last year he actually was a point-of-game player, and that was that was playing knowing he was going to need surgery in the offseason. That was a significant surgery. Um, now, that being said, you know, he's the equivalent of a, of a fifth-year senior because he, he sat out a year. Yeah. Or he went to the BCHL while he was in the college transfer protocol. So it's now or never, and he's hit a level where he's been a point of game guy at the collegiate level, but never really been a dominant guy. He's been a good power play guy. He has a good shot. He can really skate. But you know, if you have to make the call on an entry level deal, I, I would say he's probably not going to end up getting signed unless he really catches fire in the, uh, you know, in, from January onward. Um, you know, also he was a, he was a pick from a previous regime. Yeah. But but he but this this is what I'll say about the pick, and he was going to be somebody's first round pick. Um, you know, I, I had him on the sleeper list for that draft, and it was actually from a from a scout from another organization who I've known for a number of years who said, "Hey, he, he's someone's going to take him in the first round." Um, he's guys like Jay O'Brien are are the kind of guys that Boston has often taken in the second or third round, and you look back if you're just, why, why'd we miss that guy? Because he's a guy who dominated against a lower level of play. Yeah. And some of those guys make it. A lot of those guys don't make it. You know, there's a criticism of the flyers organization that this is a team that always goes safe. They always go safe. They go, they go for the two way player. Well, when you take, when you take a guy who's been dominant against low level competition, you're taking a major risk. You're swinging for the fences and you know, like you're, you're going to strike out more than you're going to hit. Yeah. Um, and that's that. That you know, so you know you, you can't have it both ways. You, you, if you if you want to if you want to draft for uh, you know hey if we hit a home run we're onto something. There's a good chance we'll miss. Then you know that that's one way. Or the you know I mean they they just drafted Joel Farabee in that same draft. Now now I would have liked to see them take Keandre Miller. Yeah. Um, you know we do we every year I do a mock draft on on the Flyers website and actually I had. I had Faraby off the board one pick before the Flyers picked. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Dallas had the pick before the Flyers. I had yeah. Dallas taking him. And, um, you know, and so Keandre Miller was actually who I picked at 14 for the Flyers thinking just, just his package of athletic skills. As raw as he was, as a guy who, who would just uh, change position from from wing to defense. You no, know, he had a lot to learn about playing D, but just really, really loving the upside. So, so with on with Miller still on the board, a few picks later, I would have loved to see the Flyers take him, but I but I understood the O'Brien pick, um, and I wouldn't mind in the future if the Flyers took a few swings at, at players who dominated lower levels and and uh, you know you're hoping it translates as he moves up. Um, you know the, the most recent one is uh, Tumala, who did not make the Finnish junior, National Junior Team. Uh, he struggled in in the, their top league. And uh, he's playing well, but he's he's in a minor. He's in the minor leagues in Finland. Um, you know, could he eventually click? Sure. Could he miss? Probably a very good chance he could miss. Yeah. But you know, but but those are the guys who sometimes you look back on, and, and if you hit on those guys, you know, then then all of a sudden it looks like a great pick. So you, you it depends depends on how much risk you want to you want to take on. But I don't think I don't think you can have it both ways. I don't think you can criticize taking, taking a risk and the risk doesn't pay off um, versus, you know, versus, hey, well, they're, they're too safe all the time. So, yeah you
0: know, can't have one it both of the, ways. Yeah, for sure. Um, Bill, you know, one of the things we've talked about a lot about is roster building and a big, you know, topic of conversation heading into this season and the offseason was surrounded with two players. Obviously, Johnny Gaudreau, who by all accounts wanted to come here Flyers didn't have the cap space. They didn't think it was the right time to add a player like Goudreau for the money term and, you know, at his age at that time. And the other one was Alex Debrinkit with Chicago in clear sell off mode. You know, they were empty in the cupboards, you know, Kane and Tave still there, but a shell of what that organization was when they won the three cups in the five years. Uh, but those two players have gone to teams and, with more talent than the Flyers have, mind you, and their teams are in dead last, both of them. It just, I think it just accentuates the point that a Debrinket or a Gaudreau may have been fun in theory and would be fun to watch, but they're not necess- they're not going to deliver you to the promised land. This sport, it takes a team, and I think it's really accentuated with those two acquisitions this summer by Columbus and Ottawa. No, I, absolutely, and... There there is not there's not a,
1: a, a team in the league, you know, or not a single player. When when Pittsburgh drafted Crosby, the first year he was in Pittsburgh, they were still the worst team in the league. That first year. And then and then Malkin came along and, and Latang blossomed and Flurry really hit his stride and all of a sudden they're they're a top team. But but he didn't instantly turn them around. They they saw, they saw it another year finishing last. Um, Look at Connor McDavid, who's been everything that uh, everything he was ever hyped to be, right? Um, and they hit on Drysaitel too, and dry Drysaitel's a superstar. Yeah. Is Edmonton a contender? Nope, <laughs> no, they're not. No, they're not. They're, they're they're fighting for a wild card spot, and and probably and they get in the, you know and if they get it, they're still not a favorite to go very far. That and that, you know and, and until a guy like uh, Dubrincic or or you know or Gudro. Maybe they come in and put up huge numbers, but are, are they moving the needle enough by themselves to justify, in, in one case, the, the term and cap hit? And the other case, the risk of entailing of you, you're bringing in a player, you're giving up assets, and you're no guarantees he's going to stay there. Yeah. You know, in in, in DeBrinkett's case, he still is looking at potential unrestricted free agency. So, you know, and, and it's going to be the same thing with Bo Horvat, too. Yep. It would be great to bring in Beau Horvath? The, the, yeah, any team would want him. It's, it's never a question of that. It's just a question of if you bring him in does Does he move the needle enough to to take you to the next level? A, B. When you look at the the cap consideration and the term, because you know, Goudreau is now in his late twenties, and yeah, twenty nine. Uh, yeah, and so to, to sign him for for seven years, you know that uh, you know he he's great now what what about when he's 34, 35, and, and he's you know and, and the cap is the cap is starting to increase but it's doing it slowly even next year it might make up only about another million dollars or so um i mean it just yeah you, you have to you have to look at things from from a lot of different perspectives but would johnny gudro on these on these flyers he'll probably be leading the team in scoring uh they might they might have another couple of wins but would they be a playoff team absolutely not and and, and DeBrincat even less so. DeBrincat is Debrinket is is a guy who um, he, he's as much as he you know he he can light up the, he can light up the scoreboard. He got got the Flyers for a couple earlier this year, but he's a, he's a guy who has to play with the right line mates. Mm-hmm. Uh, Playing with he, Kane certainly helped. <laughs> yeah, well that 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 sure as hell helped, you know. And uh, you get him guys who can get him the puck and getting, get him in shooting position. But but there are there are other things that he doesn't bring to you, you know, and uh, and and Goudreau too, being as small as he is, you know, if, if you get into a grinded out tight checking kind of a game, you know, might he find space and score a big goal for you? Sure. Yeah. Uh, he's got, is got that Matthew Tkachuk and Elias Lindholm on his line. It, well, exactly, exactly, and that that that's why that yeah that that's why the the, uh, the line exploded. I mean, that's why he had multiple multiple hundred point guys. So. You know, I, I, think, I think you have to look at the team that you have, the player you're bringing in, what your cap situation is, player's age. There's, there's a whole lot of factors. Um, it, it, it certainly would have been fun with Goudreau in particular. None, you know, I don't think you can say anything other than that. And, and if you could move some other things around, it might have made sense. But they weren't in a situation, and the Flyers were dealing from a position of weakness, trying to create cap space. They still are, to a degree. You know, um, so and, and you, you can look at the front office and, the, and there are places you can criticize. Well, why didn't you know, why is the team not in position to be?
0: Yeah, why are you yep. signing guys to long term extensions when, right. you know, the team has been sideways for right two plus years? I mean, that's a thing that I mean, that's a legitimate concern. You go, you know, usually when your team goes this sideways, you're not extending the group and they've done that. And they're banking on a couple of guys. And we'll see if some of those guys are actually going to still be here beyond year one with torts. Now, nothing's a guarantee, I don't think, at this point. And you may have to make some deals that you may not like the return, but it's the you know, addition by subtraction theory, I suppose. But let's wrap up on this last thing. I think this is an interesting question that Joey B, our correspondent out there in Colorado, was at the flyers Abs game the other night. Great guy. Liz out, Al- I believe, in Vale. Uh, nice living out there Joey B boys a boy's player as well he said Merton Bill who are the top three goalies in the NHL right now boy that's an interesting question because yes. there's a lot of really good guys some guys the serious high pedigree guys like Vasilevsky are not you know having the statistical season that some other guys might be having like Ilya Sorokin for example right like Sorokin's been great when you look at Goal saved above expectation. Sorokin's third in the league at eleven point eight zero goal saved above. Now that that stat's a little flawed. I like it because it takes some things into context, but it's still got some some flaws to it. Um, you look at a guy like Jake Ottinger, a good young goaltender out in Dallas, but is he ready to be top three in the NHL? And how much do we take into account where a guy like Vasilevsky's done for? a long period of time or Shesterkin did last year. And it was just one season. And, you know, so far this season, he's played in 20 games, but you're looking at the top three, who would your top three guys be? I'll kind of off the top of your head without really digging deep into it.
1: I, I think you also have to, yeah, you have to look at the team that's in front of the player. You have to look at mm-hmm. the track record. It, it can't be only, only from this season. You know, I, I think the guys who, been the elite goalies, the Vasilevskis, Shesterkins, the, those to me are still the gold standard in the league, yeah. no, matter, no matter whether their stats are you know, are, are measuring up this year. I'll tell you what, is really knocking the door, though. Um, yeah, Andre really looks like a guy who's going to be a great goalie for a long time. We've spent a lot of this program talking about Carter Hart. He has the ability to move, move into that realm. You know, the, there are only 32 starting jobs, and there's a lot of quality goalies in the league. Mm-hmm. You know, there there are there are not, there are only thirty two good goalies. So and and sometimes it's just a, just a little half step or even less than half a step as you're you're tearing, as you're tearing down through the league. Um, you know, I I think you have to me. I think you have to go with the guys who have been the top guys until they're knocked off that pedestal. So uh, a part a partial season isn't going to change that. Um, I I would go. You know, I, I would go. I'd still go with the big name guys. Um, That's as you said, Sorokin is, is right up there, knocking not on that tier two. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, uh, I'm still going with Vasilevsky. You win back to back cups. You get to a cup final that third that third year. You, you've won Vezina trophies. You're a perennial contender for it. That to me is still the gold, stand, gold standard in the league. And he's um, disgusting. in looking incredible goalie. Yeah. And. As you know, as for the guy who I might, I I'd say is like knocking.
0: I'm, I'm going to put Ottinger there, and, yeah. and I know I know people might debate that one. Yeah, maybe the, you know, not enough sample size just yet for Ottinger. You look at a guy like Hellebuck, who's really been an elite goaltender out in Winnipeg and continuing to play very well out there. Nine twenty-seven save percentage He's a heavy workload. He's got twenty-three games already this year, and goal saved above uh, for. Him is sixteen point six four. He's a guy that I would probably consider top three. I mean, I'm going. I'm still going Vasilevsky because of the closeout games. And under the, the the brightest of lights, he is not phased in the least. He plays a ton too, which is the greatest job in the NHL is being his backup. Moose has got a great gig there uh, with Tampa. And the other guy, I got uh, the three I have are Hellebuck, number three, Shosturkin, number two. And Vasilevsky number one, but I really like Sorokin. Well, he just moves so good. Oh, unbelievable! But there's a lot of good goalies in the league. So, interesting question to to bat around a little bit. So, good stuff from uh, from Joey B. All right, uh, you, are you back now, Bill? You having an audio issue still? Well, Bill's having an. I'm, audio I'm issue. having
1: trouble hearing you, Jason.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to let you go, Bill. We're good. All right, well, it awesome was stuff. fun. Uh, we'll, we'll talk soon. Yep, we'll talk for Monday's Flyers Daily. There he is, Bill Meltzer from NHL.com, HockeyBuzz.com, and PhiladelphiaFlyers.com joining us on this episode, episode 31 of Bet Parks Presents Stick to Hockey Live. Let me tell you about Bet Parks, great casino and sportsbook app right in the palm of your hand, easy to use, World Cup action for the final, Argentina and France, you can get in on that, all the hockey action, hoops, college and pro, football, you name it, it is all there for you with the Bet Parks app. So download it, use it. Same game parlays, live in-game betting, player performances. It's all there for you. Plus the standard, teasers, props, futures, you name it. Download the BetParks app today. You do need to be over 21 and present in Pennsylvania or New Jersey gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, that wraps it up. We'll be back Monday. Another brand new edition. Another hockey week will be underway. But everybody, enjoy your weekend and enjoy the hockey this weekend. Flyers, Rangers, tomorrow night. And we'll break that down coming up on Mondays. BetParks presents Stick to Hockey.